Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. I am excited today. We're going to talk more Oscars. We're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite films of the year, Marriage Story. But as always, I am joined by my partner in crime here. Jacob, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing good. It's fourth take. <laughs> I know. It really is the fourth take. But folks, we're going to dive into the best supporting actress um, field. We have pretty close opinions on who we think is going to be in there. We've got one or two differences of opinion, so I'm excited about that. But before we do, Jacob and I saw Marriage Story a couple weeks ago at the Nashville Film Festival. We have been really excited to talk about this film. We figured that this would be the perfect episode to do so because we are going to talk about one individual uh, that's going to be nom we think that's going to be nominated in the supporting actress field. So, I do want to warn you guys, if you have not seen Marriage Story yet, please fast forward because we are going to talk spoilers, spoilers, spoilers about this film. Um, we both love this film and we're ready to really kind of dive into it and talk it out. So I will put a timestamp inside the uh, episode so you know where to skip ahead past that because we are also going to talk about the supporting actress field for the upcoming Oscars. So without further ado... Let's talk about Noah Baumbach's absolutely beautiful film, Marriage Story. And let's go ahead and start talking about the direction and the writing. Where were you at when it came to this here, Jacob? Um, yeah, as I've said in previous podcasts, this is very personal for Noah. Um, and I really, I really loved a lot of what he did. I loved what he brought to it. Um, I love what he brought to it on a writing level, but I think as a director, I think this is probably one of his top films he's ever done. Um, I'm looking back through a lot of the pictures and he uses a lot of separation techniques um, to separate Adam Driver's uh, Charlie and Scarlett Johansson's Nicole. Um, you know, there's the scene on the train where it literally looks like it's two spots or two pictures put together. Uh, there's the scene in the bed where he's using the child to separate the two, uh, the two actors and actresses. And, um, I, I loved it. I, I loved everything that he brought. This was of the movies this year. This is the most perfect, well-rounded film that there has been, um, you know, I, I, I can't think of many negatives to come from it. Um, I really thought he did get real personal and he showed us something that we don't really see that much. And that's a vulnerable side to the male character. Um, you know, in most films like this, the male protagonist, he, I mean, he's the quintessential male protagonist. And then the female is the one who who, you know, is laid back and has the emotional side. But he gave us a lot of moments with Adam Driver's Charlie to where we really started feeling for his emotions and we started feeling like how much he really wanted to fight for his son and fight for um, just kind of the right outlet in this film. And I've heard other people say it. And I'm going to say it too. I really do think this is a Kramer versus Kramer for this generation. Um, I loved it. I love everything about it, basically. Yeah, so his his writing was very personal and you felt that on so many different levels. Um, you saw, in my opinion, you saw one of the most raw looks at divorce in cinema history. Um, I've said this on several different uh, articles and several different podcasts, I think, in my head. But, like, we love the idea of love. We love watching love on the big screen. And we love watching it come together on the big screen. But we've never faced the reality on the big screen of how ugly a divorce can get. Um, and I, I do think this takes a really ugly look on how bad lawyers are, I think, in my opinion. And about how they really can bring down a divorce in a very ugly way because getting into this very much spoiler-like you know, detail is when, this, when it started, you had Driver and you had Johansson and you just had them fighting about where they're going to live basically when this divorce started out. 
by the time Laura Dern's introduced into this, she wants, you know, she wants the kid, she wants the custody, she wants the money, she wants everything. You know what I mean? She wants everything that Driver has in his in his bank account, basically. And it just kind of showed you the ugly side. And on the flip side of that, like you saw the ugly side of um, Driver's first lawyer, where he tells him to get the apartment in L.A., show that you want to be in L.A., show that you're, you know, want to be in his life, and you're trying to figure this stuff out. And then, like, 20 minutes later, he's telling him, why did you get the apartment? Why did you, you know what I mean? It was just like this ugly look inside divorce, and it was just heartbreaking to watch Driver transform from kind of a arrogant kind of jerk-ish type character to this very sympathetic character that you see you just feel for because you can see the emotion in his eyes but it really doesn't convey until you kind of get into that middle of that second act and you kind of see his raw emotion and and how he noticed that I think in my opinion how he kind of screwed up along the way within this marriage that he just thought was perfect and and that's the reality of life, especially when it comes to divorce. It's like sometimes the other person in their head is just like, everything's fine. You know what I mean? Like everything's going a certain way. And you saw that within this film because Driver is living the he's living his life and, and he has the kid. He's got the he's got the baby. He's got the you know, he's got everything in his head that he wants. But in, on the flip side, you have Johansson who has just given up everything for this relationship and is slowly but surely pulling away from what's what she thought was what she wanted. And watching this whole entire roller coaster transpire, you literally go up and you go down, you go up and you go down. And when you see the one particular scene, and, and I'm, you know, like I said, spoiler here, but I label it obviously as the quote unquote fight. Um, it was it's it's one of the best scenes you will ever see from two actors just powerhousely going head to head with each other and that scene literally broke me in several different ways just because i told you off the air like i've been i was on that couch in that film like i i like to engulf myself in films but when it's personal like this I really felt every, like, every scream, every yell, every, like, it just shook me to the core because I felt that in my own personal life with my own parents. So seeing that happen in this way really kind of resonated with me on a whole different level because of that. And it was just a beautifully shot scene, but beautifully broken shot scene. I, I know you love that scene as well, Jacob. Yeah, I I I can't even think about first I can't think about how hard it would have been to actually act the scene out. Yep. Second, I can't think about how hard it would have been to be Noah and to relive, you know, one of those moments. But I can't even think about how hard it would be to be on set and watching that and just watching these two people. It it really the best way to describe it, and that's how I described it in my review. It's like a heavyweight boxing match, yep. and they're just delivering blow after blow until I mean it gets it starts getting dirty and it starts getting, um, you know, down you know just down into the the dirt, and that's what a lot of this film is. Uh, Ricky talked about the lawyers, um, literally the lawyer who Adam Driver tries to get. The first time he says, if they start from a level of crazy and we start from reasonable, we'll settle at crazy. So we have to start at crazy. Um, and it's just it takes this. It takes his family on an absolute roller coaster. And uh, I mean, I agree. It's just watching watching Scarlett Johansson, who gets honestly the bulk of the monologues throughout the film and a lot of the well-written scenes um i think adam driver got the better performed scenes but i think scarlett johansson got most of the writing and just watching her transform from someone she i mean she really you saw her transform from a caterpillar to a butterfly i mean she went she seemed like especially in the beginning of the film she was cocooned up um under what driver had 
And then by the end of the film, you know, you see her start working her way out of that cocoon. Um, and I mean, it's hard to watch, but she's basically having to learn how to live again. Yep. And that's what I love so much about her performance. Um, and it's, uh, I just, this film, it just, like, like he said, man, the fight scene just broke me. And then when you realize from where you started and where you started uh, in therapy with them or in marriage therapy with them talking back and forth um, and you ended with, and he said spoilers, you ended with driver rereading that note from Johansson to his son. Um, I mean, that part, it just, I was engulfed with tears. I was overflowing. Um, that was one, one of the hardest. I mean, and there's some hard scenes. There's the, the fight. There's a whole scene where, you know, Adam Driver cuts his wrist in front of a social worker and the pain of losing his son is more than the pain of him literally bleeding out. And he just fights through it until she leaves. Um, but that ending scene was probably one of the hardest things to watch of the whole movie. Cause you did feel there was, I mean, there was, there was never hatred between these two people. It was all love. It's just love that wasn't the same on each level. And you could really tell that at the end, um, the love that these two still had for each other, but that it did, it just didn't work. And I, that's what I, that's what I love about the film. It is, it doesn't villainize either of the people. And it also doesn't make either of them heroes. It, it makes them people. Yeah, it makes honestly, them human. And exactly. It makes them yeah. human. It makes it real. The, I love the way it finished, the way it ended. It was a very sublime, um, it was basically, it literally, it was literally like the ending of a roller coaster ride where you just kind of go, oh, like you're, the the ride is over, you're anticipating getting off the ride and that's kind of how this felt because you're right, that scene where he's reading that and reading the notes of, of what she said about him in that moment and not just reading it. It wasn't just a scene where he's just reading it. He's reading it to their son. And it's just like, wow. Like I, I agree a hundred percent. Like just tears just start running down your face because you're just feeling this empathy for this guy that you just know. It, the thing about it is, is drivers, he's a good guy. You know what I mean? He hasn't made the best decisions. Maybe he wasn't the best husband, but we've all been there in a relationship where we might think it's a little bit different than what's going on, but at the same time, that man was heartbroken. He was losing everything in his head that he thought was normal and just and and, and was so used to doing things one way. And the way Johansson's character, like you said, transformed throughout the film to see her grow and just absolutely just you know, break out of that, you know, break away from the chains that she felt hold her back for so long and try to be the person that she really wanted to be for a long time. You never, you can never, uh, you can never uh, not appreciate somebody getting that second chance to really relive who they really want to be and watch somebody grow um, in ways where they thought maybe their entire life that they would be chained down to to the, the the thing that they would never be able to break free from and it, it was beautiful to watch like i could i could talk about this film for hours upon hours just for the emotional level that it brought to the table and it was just a beautiful tale um and laura dern i, I kind of want to transition just a little bit into her and we're gonna you know us talking about the best actress our best supporting actress role is kind of very similar here. She gave one of the best supporting actress, um, you know, roles of the entire year. Like she was fantastic. Like she was very cutthroat. And when I left, it was funny. We were talking, I was talking about it. It, it. it reminded you, I don't know if you saw Big Little Lies, but it very much reminded me of her and that character. And I really love her in that show. So, um, it reminded me of that and that portrayal. It was kind of similar, but she was so ruthless in this film. Just so ruthless yes. from the moment she yes. walked in the door. When Johansson walked in here for the first time, she was just filling her head and just playing the game. 
You know what I mean? Playing the game. Start it, start it very little. Like, do you want some water? Do you want this? Do you want that? And then it just kind of built this big picture in Johansson's head that you kind of saw her, you know, it, she was, you're right. She was transforming into the person she wanted to be. But at the same time, she had to struggle a little bit because she had Dern in her ear filling her with all of these things that she didn't want, but it sounded good. Because she was going to ultimately be the person she wanted to be. But Dern was just very ruthless and one of the best protagonists. Like, she was just this great villain in this role and it was beautiful. David, I don't, I didn't see her as the villain. I saw her more as someone who recognized what Nicole was going through or what Scarlett Johansson was going through and you know, didn't want to, cause she never, she never, her first option was never to take everything from Charlie. Um, I mean, she could have been in my, she was ruthless. I mean, she was absolutely, she was dressed in bright clothes, ready to attack, but she, to me, she never seemed like someone who, she never seemed like Adam Driver's lawyers. She never seemed like someone who was ready to take take it all and she i mean she threatened it but she only threatened it because of what ray liotta um brought to ray liotta was adam driver's lawyer she only threatened it because of what he brought to the table um i i think i agree i mean she gives one of my favorite one of the best supporting actress performances of the year uh she's breathtaking she gets this like like we projected a few weeks ago, this was an actor's film, and it was full of a lot of monologues. And Laura Dern gets some to her to her uh, to herself when Scarlett Johansson is in there um, tr- seeking help, and she gives just such a powerful performance, uh, and. It's just it's something that I've it's stuck. Her performance has stuck in my mind a lot from this. It hasn't stuck in my mind more than the leads, but it has stuck in my mind for a lot of this film ever since I left. First scene, she was just she gripped you and she really see, I think she really did fight for what was in the best interest of Nicole, not worrying about what was going to happen to Charlie, but at the same time, not trying to ruin his life. And so that's what I love so much about her character is she, she really was, she opened up the side of Nicole that needed to be opened up. See, I agree with you to a point like, okay, so let me transition by saying this. I will say that I like what the way you said it worded, it was pretty, pretty spot on. I feel like maybe, I feel like at the beginning she really started out ruthless and maybe I can see halfway through that she kind of saw what what was on the table, what 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 Johansson, you know, what Johansson's character wanted, and and that to me, I think there was that. That's why I really love that performance because it, I felt like Dern was kind of two different people in this film, in the saying of see, yeah. she started as that ruthless see, lawyer like- ready to take it all, and then kind of saw Johansson. I don't know, kind of conform to the idea of like, no, she really doesn't want to take Driver to the cleaner. She just wants to live there. And she wants to live where she wants to live, but she wants to do it because she's not happy. She wants to break free. She wants to be on her own. She wants to be her own person. She wants to be broken free away from Driver and Driver's, uh, you know, shell and, and, and away from all that. So I, I can see what you're saying there. It, it makes a lot of sense kind of talking it out a little bit here. See, see, that's what, what she reminds me of is like a small dog who has a very big bark and can scare away the big dogs. Cause she, her character scared the hell out of Ray, out of uh, Ray Liotta's lawyer, and I'm at, I'm actually about to pull up the thing so we can get their character names. Um, but she scared the hell out of the other lawyers, and 
but at the same time, she, like you said, it was like two different people. At the same time, she could be very sweet and very endearing and really want to help um, and really want to help what was going on. That's what that's what I agree. That's what I loved so much about um, about her character is she just she seemed she was there and she was the person that Nicole needed in this situation. She didn't need someone who was going to, you know, take everything. And I, I do. I agree. I think she could have taken everything from Charlie if she wanted to. 100%. But she also saw she saw the love that Nicole still had for Charlie. And so she she backed off and she allowed, you know, she allowed for kind of civil, more civil liberties to come in. And that's what uh, and that's what I got from her character. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And this, in my opinion, and we've spoke about it a little bit before whenever we talked about it on the Best Actress uh, podcast. We talked about it on the Best Actor podcast a little bit and Best Director even more so on that film or on that episode because I believe that was after we saw the film. And and for me, um, Johansson as as I, right now, if I can, I can't think of a in my opinion right now, I, I can't think of a better um, better performance that I've seen out of a out of a woman this year. I would say 1A, 1B with me, with Erovia and Harriet. And, and that to me was, was a fantastic performance as well. But I think that there is a lot of award nominations, Golden Globes, SAG, you know, whatever. And obviously the Oscars that are going to be thrown in the way of this film. And it's so de- deservingly so because as of October 23rd, I think it is, it's still my number one film, and it's going to take a really, 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 really good film to knock this off my number one. And I, we are going to see a lot of good films over the next couple weeks, um, even starting with us seeing The Irishman next Friday. But I really Woo! don't... <laughs> I know, exactly, right? I had to throw that nice little plug in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't see anything really... I mean, we talked about 1917, and 1917 looks like it's a fantastic film, but I don't know if a film's going to reach me on an emotional uh, and and artistic way that this film was, and it was just a beautiful film, and, and I loved every minute of it. It's a, I gave it five out of five stars. It, it, it was just a beautiful film. Um. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start. To join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. No, I agree. Uh, 1917 is the only film that I believe can dethrone it. Um, I'm looking through the, the list of hey, films that... I don't mean it, I don't mean uh, to interrupt you, but I thought Gemini Man was better. I thought you said that was better than this. I just read your review on that again. I thought you said this for was- for anyone for anyone who wants to know my thoughts of Gemini Man. I'm going to stop defending myself. Go check out my <laughs> review for it. Hear what I say. Tweet me. Comment on my review. You know, tell me how much I love this film. And yeah, let's move on with Gemini Man. <laughs> um, but uh, no, 1917 I think is the only film that. I can honestly see dethroning it. And that's just because it's 1917 is going to pull to everything that I love. Uh, one take style uh, war film, a war that we really haven't seen much. Um, I'm a big history buff. And so 1917 is kind of just reaching to me. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't, I'm looking through, and I don't think there will be another film that will hit me the way that Marriage Story has. Um, you know, Honey Boy was kind of close, but had a little – had some issues to where I couldn't put it all the way up there. 
Uh, yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't honestly can't see anything else that's going to dethrone it other than maybe 1917. Um, you know, Ricky said that Marriage Story is going to be his number one, but he actually said that Little Women might end up being his number one. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that film. I am so excited for the <laughs> hype regarding that. Um, I can't wait to talk about that film here in a few minutes when we talk when we dissect this best actress um, uh, category and talk about who I think is having one of the best years of of all actresses, and that's Florence Poe. I yeah, think she's. Yeah. I will. I will agree with that. She's been fan, low key, low key fantastic in fighting with my family. Like low key, oh, fantastic incredible. in that film. And then Midsummer, Midsummer, she to was see her in that film. To see her in that film go from emo, and it was—it's so funny because if you haven't seen Five with My Family, it's been months. Go see it. But to see her go from emo, like dark nose piercing, to where she actually did get the blonde hair, like she actually has. To me, I was like, oh gosh, like this does not look natural. And then you move to Midsummer, where I was like holy crap this is the same person and what about and, and how different those roles were like holy cow yeah. like to me like it's it, it it's interesting because she's is she in your top five right yes okay so she's in mine as well we can kind of transition to the little women conversation here and and the awards as a collective whole there's been some love oh wait wait before we do this before we do this yes we've 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 said our marriage story score. Right? I, I get. I just I, wanted to get that out there. Before. Yeah, I said five of five. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I gave it a five of five. Also, I just wanted to get that out before we moved on. No, no worries. No worries. No worries at all. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, a masterpiece of a film. It was a beautiful film. But transitioning into another masterpiece of a film, Little Woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, like. You and I have talked about this, about uh, how our hopes for this film is on the same level as, like, The Irishman, except for the fact that if The Irishman is only halfway decently good, it's still going to get 550 nominations. But we talked a little bit off the air about how we think that the Greta Gerwig train could really uh, derail Mariah Heller's uh, director uh, hopes, but that's a different podcast for a different day. So Florence Poe, in my opinion... Um, to be honest with you, I, 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 you know, we saw, we read that she is good in this film, which is fine. And I'm excited because honestly, if she got nominated, I would be happy because I would think that it would be maybe just for her whole body of work. Because to be honest with you, her and Midsummer, I liked Midsummer a lot. I think I gave it like four out of five stars or something like that, but she carried that film. She was brilliant in that film. She gave one of the best lead actress performances of the year in that she's in my top five for best i mean obviously if i would if i had a vote and i don't have a vote so that's why we're talking about other people's votes but she would be in that (laughs) so if she does get nominated i would be extremely ecstatic because i would I, i would think it's for the whole body of work for the whole year and little woman whether it's good or bad it's really i really don't i i really have no dog in the race because Honestly, if it's good, great. It's another great piece of cinema. The downside of it is, the plus side of it is actually that the the supporting actress category is kind of weak this year. It's slowly starting to pick up, but I still think that it's not grand. So Florence Poe, Little Woman, what do you think, Jacob? Uh, I agree. I moved her up into my top five. Um, I think she she's having a phenomenal year. Um, just all around little women, um, you know, little women midsummer and fighting with my family. Uh, so far she's given two films that are both four, four out of five stars. Um, and if little woman is like you said, if little woman is good, I mean, that's, that's three films in one year that have been four out of five stars or potentially better. So that's a, hell of a year for an actress um and i do agree i do think that if she does get the the nomination for little women it will be a collective kind of whole nomination for her uh performances this year uh um 
I, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, it's gotten good initial reactions. I still, I still don't have a ton of faith in it. Um, but like you said, if it's a good film, it's a good film and that's what it's going to be. Um, I do. It hurts. Cause I did have to drop Marilyn Heller out of my, out of my director because for some reason the Academy is not only against, well, the first off the Academy is against nominating girls for, or for director, but getting two of them in would be mind blowing. And so I do think they might cancel each other out. So I did have to drop, um, Marilyn Heller from my list, but you know, like you said, if Little Women's good, it's a good movie, and that's what it's going to be. And it'll probably pick up a lot of production design, costume design, maybe even Best Actress if uh, Saoirse Ronan can find a spot in there. Um, but I I do agree that it does kind of make a semi like a pretty poor supporting actress field this year and kind of tightens it up a little bit. I still don't think there's more than about seven or eight that I could feasibly see getting in, but it does make it a stronger seven or eight. I agree a hundred percent. I think for me, um, we can transition to another, I feel like we're going to go down a path of let's talk about the ones we agree upon and then we'll talk about the separate ones here. So, Obviously, another movie. There should there should only be like one, I think. Yeah, I, think. I changed mine a little bit before the show started, so it, it might be it, it might it's still I feel actually I still think it's actually only one. It's just a different one than I initially had. So for me, we could talk about another movie we haven't seen, um, and that was Bombshell. Um, all the hype regarding uh, the actresses in this film, I will say, and Jacob has backed this up on you know on other our other podcasts. I was on the bombshell bandwagon more so for Charlize Theron than I was anything else, which I think that she's in my top five now as well. But or she has been in my top five since the beginning. But um, yeah, you you got me on that one. She's um, in my top five as well. Margaret Robbie, um, bombshell. I'm so glad she's in this film, so we can stop talking about her being nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No matter how much I love that film, she was in for a cup of coffee. And that's really it. And when she was in it, she was fantastic. She was great. You know, she showed her feet and, you know, she put her feet on the dashboard and it really, and the window, and it really, really bothered me. Um, but other than that, like, she was good in, when she was in the film, but the film as a collective whole, her in it was not nomination worthy. So I'm very happy to talk about her in Bombshell. I'm really excited to see this film because I like the story that I believe that it's going to tell. And from what people have said about it, that the story it does tell is going to be a very coming out of the, you know, coming out of the story for, as a collective whole for women as a collective whole. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to talk about it. So I'm excited to see it. So yeah, Margaret Robbie, I know we both agree here, but what are your thoughts on Margaret Robbie bombshell? Um, this was one where Ricky and I were talking before the show started and I told him, I said, if you give me five minutes, Margot Robbie and Laura Dern would could easily switch. Uh, I think right now they're a 1A, 1B. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but Margot Robbie does have that, you know, it girl factor that's backing her up right now. Um, you know, she it's it's how it is. And I think that's probably what's going to help her the most. What's probably going to hurt her is that her character in Bombshell isn't a real person. And so I don't know how much that will help or hurt her chances of, of getting, you know, the nomination. But like I said, she right now, she's my second. Um, I'm also glad that she is has another supporting actress performance because I, I could not tell you – you know, I couldn't tell you why people kept thinking she was going to get in for one spot of time in Hollywood. Um, I mean, she was like her playing Sharon Tate was great, but the movie wasn't really about Sharon Tate. It was more of about like the aura of Sharon Tate. Yep. And so I thought, 
you know, I thought she was fine in what she had, but she was in the film for so, so little. And she only had, I mean, I think I could off the top of my head quote most of her lines. Um, but yes, she's in for bo- Bombshell. I have her in, um, you know, spoiler, she's my number two, but she, I could get off this podcast and make her my number one. Uh, I mean, that's how close that one and two race is. The only reason, the only reason she isn't my number one right now is because I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, and that, I, could I, have, see, I could see that as well because my listing of how I have it right now, um, my I have seen, I, well, I've seen my one and I've seen my one and three. That's really, I've seen that's the only one of mine that I've seen. But for for me personally, like if she really knocks it out of the ballpark the way people says she does, I, I'm gonna be kind of heartbroken because I do think that she might be able to take this award away from Dern, and that is kind of sad because I I really feel like it's a it's a her or Robbie race. And I think that's going to be how it is throughout the entire uh, award season. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've seen three of the ones on my list. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think her Robbie and Dern, I mean, they'll go, they'll go back and forth all throughout the, um, yeah, all throughout the critics awards. I can, I can really uh, see that them going back and forth, one winning one here, one winning one there. And then we head into the Oscars and we still have no clue who's going to win, which would be making for even better television. Obviously I, well, I, see, I like see not knowing, gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what's going to really suck is when bombshell gets put into the golden globes for comedy, um, or marriage story. Either one could get drama. Either one could get comedy in my opinion. But when one of those films gets put in for comedy and the other gets put in for drama and um, – I guess it really won't much matter know, though because the supporting, they only do for one collective whole for yeah, supporting. you're right. Well, to prove that I'm not wrong, it will be interesting which one gets the better best picture race. Um, honestly, I think if – if Marriage Story is getting the better push for – getting the more push for best picture – I think that could be Margot's chance to win um, and then vice versa. But I don't see Bombshell getting a big Best Picture I, I, push. I, I, yeah, I don't see Bombshell in the Best Picture race, honestly. I agree with you 100% there. And we're going to talk about another film that literally this film has the opportunity to get one award or one nomination, and that's Hustlers. Um, as you have specifically coined one of the worst trailers, but best movies of the year. <laughs> um, oh, maybe, maybe all time. Yeah, it really is. It maybe was a, all time. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about JLo. She was great in the film. Um, that's, that's, that's really what I have. I mean, we've talked about Hustlers a little bit, I think on this show, or maybe we just talked about it amongst each other, but Hustlers was good. The movie was good. It was a lot better than I anticipated. J-Lo was fantastic in it. Um, I I expect her to be nominated personally just because of the name alone. She has been campaigning massively hard for this um, for this for this Oscar. I, I easily a Globe nomination just because. Um, would it be Would it surprise me if she's left off the Oscar ballot? No. Do I think she will? No. Nope. So she's locked in at my number three right now. Actually. What about you, Jacob? I have her at my number five. Um, but I think anyone from three to five is interchangeable. Uh, you know, she she really – she has that motherly role in Hustlers. She really brings her A-game in Hustlers. Um, and what I just realized about my um, – about my supporting actress list and let me go check something real quick drum roll please um so three of my top five are uh were what's it called were directed by women and so it's good to see uh women directors getting their voice shown somewhere in the race. Um, and that's another, that's another instance with Jennifer Lopez and the film was, I, I thought, as he said, the film was fantastic. Um, with probably the worst trailer 
I've seen easily of the year, maybe all time. You tell me a week before I go see the film that I was going to love it as much as I did. I would have called you a liar. Um, I think Hustlers is really where the power of critics and the power of reviews really come into play because once it got those positive reviews out of Toronto Film Fest, that's when I started looking at it um, more seriously. And Lorraine Scafaria, she really knows how to make a female-centric film that's original and telling, and that's what I love so much about the movie. And Jennifer Lopez in that kind of main motherly role to Constance Wu. I mean, she was, you know, at times she was terrifying and at times she was heartwarming. And then that last, that last scene is going to be her Oscar moment. That very, that very last bit before it closes out where she talks about how much she has cared for, um, Constance Wu, even without talking to her, that's going to be her moment that they put up on the projector uh, um, at Dolby Cinema and talk about it. And uh, yeah, she's in at my five right now. But as I said, uh, my three through five is easily interchangeable. Yeah, for sure. And to be honest with you, Constance, I, I want to low-key say this. Constance Wu, Wu gave a really good performance in that film. I, I thought she was oh, fantastic. I incredible mean, performance. I was really enjoy. I really enjoyed her role in that. Now it's different. You know, I, I low-key like that. Uh, her in that movie. And I am going to let you kick it off with I think our only variant. So so far we agreed on Florence Poe, uh, Poe uh, Margaret Robbie, um, Laura Dern, and now J Lo. Now you're. Next one is different from mine, and like I said, I'll let you kick it off. Okay, so my number three right now, um, and that's mainly because I have seen the film, and I still love the film, and it still, you know, it still reaches me on an emotional level. Is that is Zhao Shuzhen? Hopefully, I said that right. I'm gonna try not to say it anymore, but um, from the farewell. And she, honestly, she was just breathtaking. Um, this is, this is something to me like what um, what Roma was last year with its two leads, in the fact that this is Shuzhen's first acting credit, and it's, I mean, given her age and uh, never acting before, this could be her last last acting credit also and the film i still think the farewell i still see the farewell in screenplay i still maybe see it in score i still see it as a seven eight nine in best picture and i think if it starts to get that love if the farewell does not get best picture love i take her out out of this and i find someone else to put in but if the farewell does that I'm projecting it will get and it should get. Um, I think that Zhao is is in. I think she's in as a probably as the number five and in as a let's reward her for this incredible performance and for an incredible and personal uh, and heartfelt film. Um, but she's yeah she's in at my number three right now. All right, so. I did the 360 and and switched. Uh, I okay. So right before right before I came on the air, I sent a text message because this person's been borderline six five, four up and down. And I texted I text uh, Kalina and I said, "How good was this person in this film?" And she said, "Amazing." And I haven't seen the film. I I like Zhao. Zhao was fun. Um, I think she was a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to see her on the red carpet because I assume with the film being nominated for screenplay, I would expect her to be there. I do hope that this is... I will say on the flip side, I told you this earlier, the more I think about this movie, the less I like The Farewell. Um, I liked The Farewell. I did. But it hasn't sat with me well since I've seen the film and it's kind of only gone backwards to me. It went from a, a strong five-star movie to a 
borderline three and a half four star movie the more i think about it oh that's that's way three and a half way too loaded I know. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your heart in the middle of the podcast, buddy. <laughs> but no, for me, uh, Taylor Russell and Waves. Um, I... See, okay. She she was my number five until Waves stopped getting um, until Waves stopped getting the love that it was getting uh, earlier. But I'll I'll let you finish and then I'll talk about it. I really, uh, I think this film is it peaked. For a moment, but I think that we get closer and closer um, to A, its release, and B, for more people to see it. Um, I'm excited for this film. There's so much. I mean, I, I've got, I've got it. Obviously, you know, I've got two acting roles in this right now that I think that they'll be nominated for personally right now. But, but I, I'm excited to see this film. Uh, knowing somebody that has seen it and 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 watched it and enjoyed it as much as she did, I think that that kind of put me over the top, putting it five. Before the podcast, I had a net betting from the report in here. The just the more I think about the more I think about that, I just feel like that's something that's going to be left out. Um, I don't think Zhao gets nominated. Zoo gets nominated at all. I I really don't. I I don't. I wouldn't hate the idea. Obviously, it's a loved lovey dovey story. It's fantastic. Just to see her up there, it would be great. Maybe she gets some noms, you know, independently across the way that you get to see her. Um, like I said, I'm excited to see that whole crew on the red carpet. I just think they're going to be very funny, and 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 I'm excited for it. Lulu Wang, she's fantastic. But to me. I am slowly pulling away from this film in a lot of different categories. I, I don't know. I don't see it getting best picture. I think that the only thing it might get is going to be potentially the score and potential. I, and I do think that she's a lot, Little Wings, a lot for the screenplay. But that's it. But Taylor Russell for Waves. And that's my number five right now. See, okay. So as I cut you off earlier um i did i had waves all the way up to my number to my top three in best picture i had sterling k brown and supporting actor i had taylor russell and supporting actress i had waves across the board and i do think i worry that it hit its peak too early um and that it uh it might not get the push that it should get um, being that it is an a 24 film. A 24 has got a lot on its plate this year. It's we, we things we know is a 24 is going to push the hell out of the farewell. Um, I, I personally think the farewell is first up on a 24's agenda and that's what they're going to push first and foremost. Um, they're going to push, uh, Adam Sandler in in actor. Um, they're going to push the lighthouse for maybe supporting actor, but definitely cinematography. Um, waves, I think waves will get a big push, but I don't know where it will get its push. I don't know if that's see. This is this is where the for your consideration pages have been updating. Uh, countlessly over the past few weeks or actually the past few days. Um, and I, right now, I think a 24 gives the push to the farewell over waves right now. Um, and that's why I don't, that's why I have taken waves out of a lot of my, um, a lot of my nominations. And I think that maybe it gets cinematography Starling K Brown, maybe gets in for supporting actor, but I don't see the film doing as well as what it was intended to do after its initial releases. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there for sure, 100%. And, and... Cause I mean, we've, we've seen A24 can be very good with their, uh, with their campaigns. And then they could do what they did last year and not campaign a damn thing except for, you know, one uh, original screenplay nomination out of the entire Oscars. So A24 is, they're getting weird with their campaigns. I mean, they release Oscar-worthy films every single year, but 
You know, it's are is is are they going to campaign them or is film Twitter going to have to campaign them? That's the whole thing about A24's campaign strategy that I don't uh, truly understand. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent there. And that and that to me kind of lays out. Um, I, I just feel strongly enough how weak this category is that I don't foresee really anything else. I mean, obviously, you know, I spoke a little bit about Annette Betting. That's based solely on some of the stuff that you and I have heard. Um, obviously, I've seen um, Sasha talk about Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. I don't think that she'll get the dual nominations. That's the big thing against her. Um, there's just not a whole lot other that I'm really just eager to kind of go into. But that, to me, obviously, the J-Lo, the Laura Dern, the Margaret Robbie, the Florence Poe, the Taylor Waves, and the Annette Benning and the in the um, Zhao Shuzen, I, I feel like that's the core six or seven that I see throughout the entire award season kind of being nominated there. And yeah, that's that's just what I think about that. And that's kind of transitioning into obviously next week we'll kind of dive into the best supporting actor, which I think is an absolute slugfest of a category. Um, oh, it's it's a load. It's a and load. I'm excited to talk about it because I, I think there's a lot of different performances that we could go a different couple different ways. We'll agree on some, maybe not on some other ones. But um, folks, do me a favor. Hop on over to Twitter and uh, give my boy here, Jacob, a follow at VP underscore movies, right? Yes, I got that right this time. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Ricky Valera underscore um, check out all of our content that we have out there. You can just find it on our social media outlets. Please do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We enjoy doing this. We love talking movies. We're really excited about the Oscar season. So I, I look forward to diving into this more and more every week. And then obviously rehashing um, all of these categories come closer to the time when the Globes are announced because the Globes can completely throw us completely for a loop and we could be talking about different things. And then... Between that and just having a blast during this uh, award season, doing this podcast gets me more, even more excited about the Oscars than I normally am, which is really like on a 10 anyway. But like I said, check out our content everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. Um.